Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, tons to get to. We've got a big interview, bottom of the hour. Reality star, a, uh, a candidate from The Apprentice UK. Her name is Pamela Laird. I'll have her at the bottom of the hour. You know, I just wanted to get away from politics for a minute, and we really enjoyed watching the show. So uh, stick around for that. It's actually very cool. Uh, I, I interview her. She's in Dublin, Ireland, and uh, it's uh, very cool to have that conversation. Carrie, you know, I just like getting away from it sometimes. You know what I mean? I understand that completely. Aren't those fun? Yes. You got to laugh a little bit. Get a little lighthearted. Like you do all this stuff, and then you have Bill Medley on. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I think we're going to have one of the uh, the Oak Ridge boys back on again soon, too. We have to let our hair down. Because I really do think that we, this show, does, other than politics, better than the normal conservative talk show. You know what I mean? I think so, because it's very rare that you hear a little lighthearted or laughter. But at the end of the day, I mean, come on. You got to have some. You got to have a little bit of it. You I'm have to. Crazy. Yeah. And why not have a comedian on? Why not have a singer on? Why not have a musician on? Why not have a, rela- a reality person on? Yeah. Right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nothing wrong so with that. So maybe you could, maybe you could, you know, play along a little bit sometimes. Oh, Gary oh, wow. A lot of <laughs> F word in that, that uh, last message you sent me, by the way. What's up with all the F words? <laughs> hey, well, it's I'm a not lie. The only one. That's a lie. That's a lie. You I, have used it three times in a row. I don't think I Several have. times. Maybe twice. Just in to a row. me, you have. <laughs> not three times. That's a lot. That's a lot of. The it's like alliteration with word. you using that word. <laughs> Bam, bam, bam. Some You're very good at it, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the Joe Pag Show for your Thursday. Feeling all right. Elon Musk is in hot water again because he refuses to be canceled. They keep on going after him. We'll have that for you in a second. Seems I got to have a change in scene. Exactly right. Because every night I have the strangest dream. Uh-huh. I got to leave before I start to scream. That's right. Somebody locked the door and took the key. Uh, let's go. No Mark and Don. What's that? I couldn't hear you. You heard. I think you said Mark, Don, and Mel. No Mark and Don. Yep. What was the name of their big album? Oh, I have no idea. Why do you act like you know what they're called? <laughs> like I said, it just sounds better. And it bugs you. So. Mark, Don, and Mel. Their big album, and I'm willing, I'm willing to have people correct me on this. I don't think you have to because I think it's right. It was called E Pluribus Funk. Yeah, I never, <laughs> never would have gotten that. But okay. Instead of E Pluribus Unum, you know, yeah. out of many, one, out of many, funk. <laughs> Okay. So I, I just makes, I, I just thought that was awesome. Now I, now you've obviously never seen them in concert, right? A not cool enough, and B no, probably weren't smart enough to go and um and really? enjoy. But I think I was a baby what? actually. I don't even know if I was born yet when you were going to see these guys in concert. Okay, yeah, and that's true. St- started going to see them in concert in 1992. So you weren't born yet in 1992. Oh, well, I'm talking about like when you know in the 70s and. Right, because I was because I was twenty five in nineteen seventy three. I was going to, going to check them out at Chase Stadium. Why don't you knock it off? Why don't, why don't you just stop now? People a know that you're older than I am. Oh, B, uh, no, no. They people, know that you've got that a filthy wrong. mouth. 
And C, I will, I will they know that you're just, that. <laughs> they know that you're a Bon Jovi fan. So they already have all sorts of clues about who you are. But um, all right, so Elon Musk is uh, is the he's the target of the left, and he has been for a long time. I don't know when it changed because it used to be Elon Musk is just Elon Musk. He's making a bunch of money. He's the Tesla guy. He's the this. He's the that. What what was the big website that he sold that made him a bunch of money? Uh, website? Which sort of put him on the map. What was it? See, Sam would know this if she were uh, if she were here. I don't know. Monica, do you know? No, I gotta look he it up. He did something. I do not. Okay. Paul, did you look it up? I see you looking it up. What the hell was it? He did some big website or some big thing that was, oh, he's the guy who did that. And then he ended up buying Tesla. People are yelling at the radios right now because they know this. Either way. He was never, if you guys find out, let me know. Okay. He was never sort of the, the point at which we started our political arguments. He just wasn't. Um, yeah, he's the guy who is eccentric. He's got a bunch of money. employs a bunch of people. But then when he made the decision, I think this is when it turned. And Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it turned when he decided, I'm leaving California. I'm going to Texas. Yeah, that was, that was big. That was really just like twisting the knife, I think. Yeah. Because I guess you have to pay really, really high taxes and deal with really, really high regulations in California to prove that you're somehow one of them. And he doesn't care to be one of them. He just doesn't. So is Paul, is anything up- jumping out at you? What is the what is the website? Or what is the technology that he that he did? I mean, it looks like it says X.com and then it like merged with PayPal, but or PayPal. Oh, what? PayPal. Oh, okay. He's the PayPal guy. Exactly right. Go ahead, Gary. What were you saying? I was gonna say he founded a web software company called Zip2. I, never I mean that's that, something, but... but I mean PayPal is the is the one. Yeah, he's the PayPal guy, and 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 that now he's you know SpaceX and he's Tesla and he's I mean fill in the blank. He can do anything he wants. I'm literally surprised that he didn't come out with a social media before Trump did. Hold on a second. If you're going to Truth Social, nobody wants to hear about it. You Amber, twenty one followers. Uh, followed me there. Okay. Uh-huh. Joey followed me there. First count, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Jake and Ethereum. You're going to make people want to not go. What are you talking about? Like, people right now are mad they can't go follow me on, on Truth. Okay? No, and that's truth. You know what I'm saying? That's no. truth. It's social, so Elon Musk, it's truth. Oh, no, no. It's truth. Um, it's my truth anyway. He's just up the road here, and he probably wants to come on the show. We're packed. We're busy lately. Really? You probably want to come Elon on the Musk show. On? I might want to move somebody to have him on. EM, take a breath. We'll get you on soon. <laughs> What is so, it with what? you and, no, you're not, it's not EM, it's not T. What are you talking you about? You're not tight with these people. What do you no, mean? No, no. Don't call him Musky either. I was going to call him Musco because I think it, it sounds tougher. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's, he's the whipping boy. He's the target of the far left in this country all of a sudden because he decided to take his billions out of California. Keep in mind, if you're a multi-billionaire and you stay in California, they love you. Oh, yes, sir. You betcha. But no, he decided to go to Texas, save some money, and then uh, Elizabeth Warren's been attacking him, and he called her uh, Senator Karen, which I thought was hilarious. Well, he's posted something where he was calling Trudeau in Canada or comparing him to Hitler. Do you have the entire story? I want to know what the post was, and did he take it down or did Twitter take it down? Go ahead. Well, this is from TMZ. Elon Musk has blasted Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau comparing him to Hitler. His meme is, there's a picture of Hitler at the top, it says, stop comparing me to Justin Trudeau. And at the bottom, I had a budget. 
And Musk was triggered by Trudeau wow. exercising his emergency powers to stop protesting truckers, powers that include stopping supporters from donating crypto to the truckers by posting that meme of Adolf Hitler. Uh, the comparison drew the ire of lots of folks and orgs, including the American Jewish Committee, which responded, Musk may believe posting a meme comparing Justin Trudeau to a genocidal dictator who exterminated millions is an appropriate way to criticize policies he disagrees with. It is not. It never is. Musk must apologize and find other ways to voice his displeasure. Others are saying it disrespects the memory of all victims and hurts many people and unfollowed. Not funny. Don't hold your breath for an apology from Musk. What did he delete it? Uh, well, this one doesn't say. I mean, I mean, let me look. it says it calls it the now deleted tweet. But I, I would okay. wonder if he deleted it or Twitter, you know, did something or made him delete. It. I don't know. Like, I had a tweet that said hydroxychloroquine works, and Twitter suspended my account until I deleted it. So I just wonder if he was forced okay. to delete it or if he decided to. Reuters is saying he tweeted it and then deleted it. Okay. L- let me ask, I think, what, what is an obvious question. And by the way, if you say the word Hitler, you're not saying, hey, it was no big deal that he killed a bunch of people. Nobody's saying that. Nobody is saying that. Nobody is saying the Holocaust was fine or, you know, the other three million other than Jews that were killed. That's no problem. Nobody is saying that. Adolf Hitler didn't get into power because he started killing people. He got into power because he made promises. And he said things that that got people going in the country to feel incredibly, not only nationalistic, but white nationalistic and, and um, the Aryan race nationalistic. He turned people against the government that was there and he, and he started taking that power. And then in taking that power, he took over the media. In taking over the media, he took away guns. Uh, just you can go through what he did in messaging. Adolf Hitler isn't just the worst person ever to exist because of one aspect of what he did. Everything he did was horrific, everything. But he got there somehow. He didn't wake up one morning and say, okay, let me go kill 9 million people and take over countries around me. No, he gradually did it. And what you're seeing from Justin Trudeau is not unlike the early days of Adolf Hitler. It's true. This isn't a denigration of the Holocaust. I believe in the Holocaust. I am very, very um, supportive of Israel. I'm supportive of the Jewish people. Judeo-Christian values are, are what I live by. So I'm not really sure why you can't make the comparison to a guy who went from nothing to becoming the, the fascist dictator of the world. And by the way, Carrie, correct me if I'm wrong here, for eight years, didn't the left call Trump a fascist? Yes, yes. A fascist, a dictator, Hitler-like. People literally were calling Trump Hitler for eight years, and that was fine. I don't remember the the ADL coming out and saying, uh-uh. So I'm not sure I get it. You can't compare somebody to Hitler if certain leftist groups agree with the person who's being attacked. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. Hitler was not... Just that guy who showed up one day, started just sending people on the trains to, to Auschwitz. That, that is not who he was. He got that power through grabbing the power, not unlike what we're seeing in vaccine mandates and in freezing bank accounts for janitors that send 40 or 50 bucks to the, to the Freedom Convoy. So acting like he, he was this one-dimensional person who is just the devil on earth, which he was the devil on earth. He got there somehow, and we must be aware of history lest we repeat it. It's not that hard to understand. 
888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's the Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. It's a simple question. Is the left trying to really convince us that you cannot ever make a comparison to Adolf Hitler knowing that it was not that long-distant history? We know what happened. We know how he got there. We know how he grabbed his power. We know the disgusting things he did with that power. Are we really not allowed to make that comparison, unless you're calling somebody named Trump that name. Is that really what they want us to believe? And I wonder, do you believe that? Do you believe that, oh, that's that's out of bounds. You can't do that. I mean, honestly, people can make what they call art out of Christian faith and beliefs. You could put a crucifix in a jar of urine in New York City in a museum and say that's art. You can take elephant dung and throw it on a canvas and say it's the Virgin Mary, which they did. I'm not making this stuff up. They really did that probably 10 years ago now, something like that. And that's art. That's fine. That's not untouchable, but you can't say the word Hitler. Come on, dude. Gary, am I making that up about the art? You are not. You, you remember hearing that? What was that? 10, oh, 15 years I ago? I think it was more than that. I think it was a little longer than that, but absolutely I mean, that exhibit. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, you, you denigrate the, the Lord of two billion people on the planet, but you can't say that what Justin Trudeau is not dissimilar from what Hitler did before World War II. I mean, you, you can't say that because then somehow you're a horrible person. It's very strange. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Let me tell you about um, Congress always playing games with money, right? Congress can raise the debt ceiling, continuing resolutions. Maybe we'll do a budget next week, maybe not. We don't have that luxury. We have to make budgets. We have to make sure that our our bank account's balanced, our checkbook is balanced. You can't go into the red like the government can. And if you're having a hard time keeping up, and if you're on that treadmill, you can't get your debts paid off, get a hold of my friends over at Total Financial Freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial has been doing a great job for 15 years helping people like you resolve their debts and cut payments in half you don't believe me, give them a call, 800-833-9444. When you call them, mention my name and ask for the free book called Debt Dietitian. They'll have it ready for you. You've got to mention my name. You're going to appreciate their team. They're like-minded individuals. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and zero complaints. You can't do better. Call Total Financial right now, 1-800-833-9444, 1-800-833-9444. Do it right now. Let me go to the phone lines. Let me say hello and welcome to John in Florida. John, what's going on? Hi. Hey, John. Uh, hey, Pags. Hey. Sorry, man. What's um, happening? So, you know, I was just talking to your screener about how, you know, you had a bunch of people during the impeachment over the uh, quid pro quo um, call. Um, everybody upset and worried about Ukraine's safety and about how Trump put them in danger by not giving them the weapons and 
um, that basically Trump was just um, was so unstable um, that the world was looking and it was a danger. Now we have Biden in there. How are those same people that were so worried about Ukraine? I would like to know how they're feeling right now, because by having the president we have today, um, <laughs> Ukraine's looking not so good right now. John, I hear you and I appreciate that. Yeah, um, the people who were saying that about Trump knew they were lying. They knew that he shouldn't have been impeached. They knew that the phone call was fine. Uh, they said it anyway because they wanted him gone. They, they didn't really care about the truth. The truth didn't matter. It just didn't matter. What, what, what mattered was, can we get this guy out of there? And if what Durham is saying is correct, and I believe it to be correct, then the Hillary Clinton campaign, even after Trump won, still did all they could to make some stupid connection to Russia that didn't exist to get rid of Trump. So, yeah, no, what do they have to say now? You're not proving a point to them. They know you're right, John, and they don't care because they have the president they want, and they were trying to get rid of the president they didn't want. Carrie, uh, do me a favor. I've got to get Fauci in here before before we we hit the bottom of the hour and get the interview going. Um, Fauci now says something again so completely unscientific and stupid that it's worthy of us shining a light on. What did he say? From The Blaze, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who serves as the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and as the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden, described it as risky to stop having kids wear face masks. You know, you don't want to say it. It's an absolutely wrong decision. It's understandable why people want to take masks off the kids. But right now, given the level of activity that we have, it is risky, Fauci said, referring to a risk of children getting COVID-19. And the prominent public health figures comments, come as school masking requirements are being lifted in some places around the country. Fauci and former National Institutes of Health Director Dr. Francis Collins are the recipients of the National Academy of Public Administration's 2022 Elliott L. Richardson Prize. Fauci made the comments during a virtual ceremony that featured a discussion section moderated by Chuck Todd. Many Americans strongly oppose requiring kids to mask up in school. Why is this guy still talking as if we care what he says? Hashtag hold Fauci accountable. Hashtag end mask mandates. Hashtag defund vax mandates. Republican Representative Chip Roy of Texas tweeted in response to Fauci's remarks. I mean, uh, just make sure that I completely understand. Mm. He thinks it would be dangerous to unmask kids? Risky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is I mean, wrong with this over guy? All the country, they're lifting mask mandates for schools. They're lifting them it's in like freaking Washington, D.C. and places place. like San Francisco and New yeah. York. And, and and he wants to, he's saying that it's risky to take them off kids? Yes. Can he, Carrie, when he said that though, he showed some sort of empirical data that said this shows how safe we kept the kids, mm, right? No. So he doesn't show that. He does not. He just says it. He says it, yeah. Dude. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I do. Come on, man. I do. I don't have time for phone calls, but I know the phone calls would all be, oh, she's stupid. But he won an <laughs> you know award, I mean? so there you go. <laughs> Well, you know, it's all about it's all about patting him on the back. You know, and he gets 436,000 a year or something mm. like that because he's Can I just say that? I'm going to say this before we hit the break. Hmm. He hasn't earned one penny of that money in my opinion. In the past two and a half years as we've dealt with this garbage, he has not earned any of that money and he should be forced to pay it all back. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Do me a favor, stop by the website JoePags.com. J O O. Look at this. Got a couple of more Nope, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. What? Break, What's that break we're up time. against the break? Break time. What do you mean? Yep. What yep. are you talking about? You know. you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh Brandon followed me. There you go. <sighs> uh, listen, uh, when we come back, it'll be uh, Pamela Laird. She was on The Apprentice UK. You'll enjoy this interview. Keep it here. Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady on. Uh, we just met, although I think we've been friends for about a week on Twitter. I watched her on the UK version of The Apprentice. Her name is uh, Pamela Laird. And uh, Pamela, am I saying your, your last name right? It's Laird, right? You are saying it right, Joe. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Really glad to connect with you. Uh, we watched you on The Apprentice. I'm still mad at you, and I'll tell you why in a second. But you are the founder, the owner, the boss over at Moxie Loves. And this is a, um, it's a, it's a, a company that will help you with your cosmetics. And I didn't want to say you're a cosmetic company because you actually, you you have these wipes and the cleaners and, and, uh, it's just sort of the, the full functioning cosmetics line to, from the stuff you put on to the stuff you use to take it off. Did I get that right or not? You got that spot on, Joe. I think we're, our, our ethos is that we're a range of waterless, time-saving, convenient beauty solutions. So we save you time, we make life easier, and we give you the solutions to take with you on the go, whether it's to take off your makeup and soon lots of other products that will help with your skin and hair care. If you can tell from the accent, she's actually joining us from Dublin, Ireland right now, and I really appreciate you doing this. I know it's a little bit later in the day for you, so, so thank you for staying up. MoxieLoves.com is the website. Can people in the United States get your stuff? Yes, they can, actually. We were on Amazon. We will be again. But look, big ambition is to break the states. You know, Ulta Beauty absolutely would love to have my products there. So one day, Joe, one day. Well, then I could start using your products. Obviously, I need it. Um, so <laughs> it'll be it'll be great to get to some Oxy Loves over here. So, Pamela, we're watching the, the UK version of The Apprentice, which was from, I believe, 2019. It was season 15 that you were on, right? That's right. So there's actually a new season out now, but this is the first one since ours. So we were just before the pandemic hit. I was going to ask you, that's one of my first questions. Um, I know in Europe, uh, it, you guys were pretty quick to realize what was happening. And uh, we stopped travel from Europe. And I think you probably stopped travel from here. But as you were filming, as you were wrapping it up, did you start to hear the coronavirus? That's what we all called it back then, the Wuhan novel coronavirus. And, and, and when I started here, I didn't even know what it was at first. And I'm in the news business. Did you start hearing about it when you were filming? Was there or any change at all or it was completely not even a factor it wasn't even a factor joe and, and what a lot of people don't know about the apprentice is it takes months to edit all the episodes down so we actually filmed that midway through 2019 so it finished airing on tv just before christmas of 2019 but we had filmed kind of wrapped in the summer so we didn't really hit hear coronavirus until at least february 2020 and i don't think that we even thought about doing anything about it as we heard about it okay we hear that it's there we hear that it's happening i get it but not really a big deal kind of like the flu turns out not like the flu at all um so i'm glad you guys you, you came in on you know right before all that stuff went down so they took two or three years off from the apprentice before the new season is that what they did yeah, they did. So I believe they held auditions in 2020 and then it had to be cancelled because they weren't able, I suppose, the logistics of The Apprentice. There's a lot of interaction with the general public and that's what kind of makes the show. Um, and I think they just weren't able to logistically put it on. So they postponed it, were able to film it this summer and now it's airing now, actually, uh, the next season. It's uh, Pamela Laird. Go to moxieloves.com, M-O-X-I-L-O-V-E-S.com. Go there. That's her business. Um, I found it interesting because The Apprentice here was always, I'm going to either hire you or fire you. It's going to be, you're hired, and here it was $250,000. That's how much you would get paid for a year on the job. Um, I was surprised watching your version because it wasn't getting hired at all. It was partnering up with this guy, Lord Sugar. And by the way, I love the way you guys say Lord Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no R at the end of the word. It's so interesting to me. But but uh, first of all, what's it like calling a dude Lord? I just find that to be very interesting. And secondly, um, going in, you already had a business and everybody there had a business plan. 
How hard a, a, a decision was it for you to make to, I'm going to walk away from my business for whatever amount of time this takes to try to join forces with this guy? This guy's a big deal, right? Oh, totally. And I think I'll start with your second question because that was a huge risk. I mean, it's TV. You've seen The Apprentice. You know how wrong it can go for candidates. Oh, yeah. um, you can come across terribly. You can look awful. Uh, and I have a consumer-facing business. I have products that I want people to buy. I want people to buy into me and 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 connect with the brand. And if if I messed up big time, then that's my brand. Or you know, I could have got fired in week one, and it would yeah. have been a complete waste of time. So huge risk, but one that paid off, I think, for me. And um, secondly. Calling someone Lord is bizarre. The whole production <laughs> team calls him Lord Sugar. But in private, we called him LAS. So his name really? is Lord Alan Sugar. So we had like a quick, oh, LAS is here, you know, oh, quick. That, well, <laughs> And that makes sense. Now, uh, um, we were, my wife and I went back and we're starting to watch the, the first season now. Um, back in 2004, 2005, he was Sir Sugar. So you move from Sir to Lord. It's some sort of a progression in the UK. Is that how it works? It is. I think Lord is the top one, as far as I know. I think that's when the Queen gives you a title. Um, I'm sure it's for all his accomplishments. In fairness, employment-wise in the UK, he's a you know he's got a huge amount of employees there. He's fantastic support to the I guess the the running of companies in the UK. He's right. he's integral for that. Yeah. I, I'm not mad at the guy. I mean, he's a huge success. And and I, anybody who's a success like you, I was so impressed by you. You've got your own business. You put it to the side. I know that you missed your mom. Now, I, I don't know. Do you have a family other than, do you have a husband, kids and all that? I have no husband, no kids. I have okay. a boyfriend and a dog and Good. a mom and a dad. Well, no, <laughs> but well, I missed my mom, of course. Well, we found out later in the season that, that you really, really missed mom. And uh, and that was a, that was a big deal. I mean, I would feel the same way. I'm a mama's boy. I get it. Um, but, but again, you put everything personal, professional aside to go and and be amongst some people that you might not otherwise even get along with. I mean, some of you guys, you seem to be very balanced. You seem to be sort of the mature one. Some of these people were nuts. Um, and, and dealing with yeah. them, they're 19 years old. They're 20 years old. And here you are, mid 20s, and, and a successful businesswoman. Um, did you have to? Did you find you had to adjust? How you, like if these people were your employees, you would have treated them differently. But as your peers, I guess, you had to sort of find a different balance, right? Absolutely. And I'm an only child, Joe. So I came from a, a very quiet house, right. a house that I ruled the roost along with mum. So very different to moving in with 16 people. Yes, we were living in a mansion, but we had no personal space. We'd no downtime. So you really had to get on with people. Um, and I actually think that that really was something that I took away and, and actually enjoyed in hindsight. Obviously, I was very stressed at times with people. Yeah. And I would love to have fired people myself if I could during the process. <laughs> but look, that's real life. You've got to work with people you don't on with and that's going to happen and I think it was a great experience but I was 12 weeks gone from Ireland living in a house I had one phone call home a week for right. five minutes wow. on loudspeaker and most of it was with my mom going how's my business quick tell me everything before the time is up so it was it was very bizarre because I'd never been more than two weeks away from home you know a long holiday that was it yeah so this was a Big difference, big change for me. It's uh, Pamela Laird. Go and check her out. Uh, MoxieLoves.com is her company. That's the website, MoxiLoves.com. Um, and, and we'll get into, into the company and why I was yelling at the screen at you specifically uh, in just a minute. You made it very deep into the show, and, and I really did think that you were going to win. And the way they depicted you sitting down with one of the final judges was very interesting to me, and I want to get into that. But let me ask you this, because I don't know. I'm sitting in Texas in the United States. I'm from New York. I grew up in Florida. I've been all over the place, spent a lot of time in Michigan on the television and radio. Um, I don't know anything about the makeup of Ireland versus London. So yeah. if, if you don't mind, how big a culture shock and culture difference is it uh, being from Dublin, Ireland, the, the, the 
the only child, to being in this house in London, which is a gigantic metropolis. I don't know how big uh, Dublin is, to be honest. I'm not being rude. I just don't know. Um, What's the difference? How big a life change was that for you for 12 weeks? I mean, it was a huge life change, maybe not only because it was London. I guess it was it was just the whole experience of filming a reality show because although I'm there for my business and that is my number one priority, the show is there for the drama, the entertainment, because look, Joe, it's going to be boring if you're watching people just be successful all the time on a TV show. Everyone has to fail. You've got to have personalities there. So it was the personality, the age mixture uh, that was a shock to me. Dublin's quite a big city, so it's not hugely different um, in terms of how, you know, diverse we are, but um, being away from my home without my support network was was the hardest thing because you're you're running these businesses and normally I'd pick up the phone to my mom or someone else and and get some feedback and you don't have that opportunity you've got these people you've just met and everyone's out to get each other and and that is what is the hardest part I guess it's uh Pamela Laird she's uh, from The Apprentice season 15 in the UK because of coronavirus and the lockdowns and we're all you know stuck watching stuff online do you find a lot of people from around the world suddenly have seen this show that otherwise might not have I mean again I would not have known about the show had we not said you know what else are we going to watch we sort of went through Netflix we sort of went through everything else online. Well, look at this. Here's The Apprentice uh, from the UK. They speak English, so we can understand this one. Let's check it out. And then we immediately really got invested in you and everybody else who was participating. Are you finding that around the globe people are reaching out to you, or am I just the, 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 one, the one guy who said, let me get a hold of Pamela and see what she says on Twitter? Well, Joe, you're the most important one, of oh, course. Oh, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Great interest. I mean, even Australia. I didn't realize how much of a household name Lord Sugar was there. He spends a lot of time there. And just recently, I think he filmed the um, celebrity version there. Um, so yeah, that was that was massive to me. I mean, I I came from a country where a few, maybe a million people will watch a show if you're lucky. And then this was like eight, nine million people a night every week for twelve weeks. Like it was a huge exposure, and, and still. Look, I mean, you're watching it in Texas. I mean, yeah. how fantastic is that? No, it, well, I, I, I feel like it is pretty fantastic. I'm not important at all. Stop it. Um, uh, uh, Pam, I've got to ask you, though, as I'm watching the show, um, I, again, I don't know how it works. Do people in Ireland generally get a show like that from the U.K.? Because you guys are not the U.K. specifically. You're, you're your own yeah. country in Europe. Uh, is TV similar? Can you get the U.K. version of The Apprentice? Is there an Irish version of The Apprentice? How does it work? There was an Irish version of The Apprentice a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. It wasn't very successful. We, do, we, we don't have the, the same level at the way the UK and the way the BBC okay. produce a show. So sure. we, we do watch it here. But I have to say, I would be on going on the tube in London before lockdown and I was there and people would recognize me like that. That doesn't happen in Ireland. We like to let people that, if we know someone from TV, we don't let them know we know them. Like Beyonce can walk <laughs> down our high street. Really? Jay-Z. Yeah, we, we, nobody stopped her. People were like, oh, there she is. But, you know, we're very <laughs> unassuming here. So going to the UK, people are like, you were on The Apprentice and it, it's so much more crazy over there than right. it is here. So even though people may watch it here, in Ireland, uh, not the same, not the same fandom that there is in the UK. The, the whole um, objective of the show is to try to get a deal with Lord Sugar. Uh, and yes. again, those in England, now you, you're saying sugar, you're actually using the R, but they, they would say Lord Sugar. 
It was very interesting to me. Um, (laughs) But but the the whole deal was to hook up with this guy, I guess a $250,000 or pound investment into your business if, in fact, he chooses your business plan. So by the end of it, I figured, well, wait a second. He's keeping people around where he already knows the business plan is pretty solid already. So even if you're not a great contestant or competitor or candidate, you're still going to stay around because the business idea was pretty good. Um, So I think that you already came out of the box with a great advantage because you've got an established company and you're an inventor. But the inventor part is is sort of why I was screaming at, at Pamela Laird on my TV yeah. in Texas. Um, I was going, what are you doing? Tell them that you know, China probably knocked you off. What are you talking about? So um, uh, let's fast forward to that if we can. You got very deep into the process. You were basically in the in the finale, just about. Um, and, and the last deal is you sit down with four of his confidants and his really trusted you know associates, and mm-hmm. you sell yourself and your business plan to them so they can go back to Lord Sugar. And the woman you sat down with, I can't think of her name, and, and you'll remind us, but yeah, so. she looks at you and says, you say you're an inventor. I found the same exact product that she's showing, she's showing your product, and she's showing the product that she found on the shelves. And I'm yelling because there are countries around the world that will knock people off and do it for a very mm-hmm. cheap price. And, and I'm going, well, Pam, if you really did invent this, they knocked you off. Tell her that, and you never did. Now, the meeting that I saw was three minutes long. You say it was much longer. Fill me in on that scene right there, because that was, for me, make or break for you. That scene traumatized me. And actually, I just watched a little bit of it back before this to remind myself. And I had to pause it because I was getting so (laughs) angry. It was... I, I was I was probably quite aggressive back to Linda and part of me is slightly relieved that that didn't make the, the cut, the edit, because this is edited and yeah. it's TV. And look, they can't air 40 minutes chat between me and Linda Plant, who's interviewing me right. and everybody else's. You know, there's five people there. They've got to cut it down. And I understand that. And Linda had a point to get across and this was their angle. And it was that I didn't invent anything. I copied somebody else. And this was a product that we had developed two years before. Right. We discontinued it since then because the EU had changed some legislation around plastic. And so it wasn't even part of our core line anymore. We, and it was just something that she grabbed onto. And I was just so frustrated. And I fought my corner. I said, Linda, I've never seen this product. Also, it's really nothing like my product. It yeah. was it was nothing like it. It didn't, it didn't, to me, it would never get listings in stores packaged and developed the way it was. So right. But I did say all that. It just didn't. And, make and, you know, and we didn't see that. But again, if you were being combative, then maybe they did, in fact, you know, take care of your image because your image yeah. is. I think you're a very nice person, and I've just met you. You appear to be a very nice person on the show, and I don't think they wanted to change that. But I mean, I, I would not have minded them showing you fighting a little bit because even in the boardroom, right before you get fired, and, and those of you who are watching The Apprentice uh, UK season 15, if you haven't gotten to the end, shut me off right now. Oh, yeah. That's where we're getting into you know the the end game here. Yeah, I think the way that they shot it, the way that they presented it, I I feel yeah. like I know you guys um all the competitors as if um they really did show your true personalities i agree i don't think there was anybody i mean uh, you know thomas is exactly who thomas is by by the way can you can you understand him when he speaks it took me a while you know is that is that a cockney accent what kind of accent is that it's a cockney accent he's an essex boy and but he's he it's funny because they would slag me you're Jeremy for saying tree. Right. Apparently I say three like tree. You do. And yes. I would slag them for saying sugar and not putting any <laughs> ors or t's in their words. So it was funny. We, we did have a bit of banter with that. I mean, he appeared to, this uh, appeared to be Thomas to me, just an American guy watching it. <laughs> what are you doing? My man, take a breath. What are you doing? 
Uh, but, but when he recorded his voice into the toy, I thought that was hilarious. I thought he did a very good job with that. It is uh, Pamela Laird. Go to her website, moxieloves.com. She's uh, the boss, the founder over at a, a great cosmetics company that I hope you do you know, uh, break into, uh, into the United States market for sure. Um, I could ask you questions for the next two hours, but, but I want to cut to the chase because we've, we've gone for a while and I'm keeping you up uh, over there in, uh, in, in Ireland. Um, at the end of the day, does this change your life forever? Are you always in that family? Are they contacting you? Hey, we're thinking about putting together an all-stars thing. We're thinking about having something else go on or other opportunities on, on screen. You look great. You sound great. Are, are there opportunities showing up for you as well? Oh gosh, I've had loads of opportunities. Unfortunately, COVID hit just as I was, yeah. I suppose, milking the show. Um, I'm still looking for my perfect business partner. So we're just in the middle of raising my seed round. Um, it's open and ready for investors, which is very exciting because that was all put on hold. Yeah. But no, the doors are open. I've had amazing opportunities. I've got this family. Now, not every candidate is still my friend. I'm sure you can imagine who isn't. <laughs> but um, there's I a can. great community. Yeah, you can. There's a WhatsApp group. We chat all the time and I love the like they're they're like family to me um so that is something i'll always take away and yeah just that door being open into the uk is fantastic and hopefully we find the business partner because now people have seen the show and they feel like you they feel like i should have won so they want to invest which is which is great oh wonderful hopefully people will reach out to you moxieloves.com moxieloves.com it is uh the the boss the founder the creator the inventor i'll say it if linda didn't um uh, of uh, many great products it's uh pamela laird pam thanks a million for taking the time Really great to meet you face to face, and I really enjoyed watching you. My wife and I enjoyed watching you on The Apprentice season 15. For those of you who haven't watched it, you know she gets very deep into it. We didn't say who ends up winning, so we didn't spoil it really. Um, but but we know that you don't win because we kind of talked about it a lot. Pam, come back on. If you've got something going on where you want to publicize it here in the United States, let's do it again, can we? Thank you. Yes, let's do it, Joe. Thanks. This has been so much fun. Thanks for having me. And I think if anybody's watching The Apprentice now, the winner deserved to win. I hope you agree. Uh, I do agree with that, but we were pulling for you, so we were still kind of mad at the end. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for supporting me. You're very welcome. We'll talk again soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Really a pleasure to have you along for the ride tonight. It was a pleasure to talk to Pamela straight from Dublin, Ireland. And there's more of that interview. I had to cut a little bit out of it. Um, I'll put it up on Rumble after the show. For Polo, for uh, for Monica, for Carrie, it's Joe. We'll see you next time. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.